And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Maria Brandel with me, and she's actually the director for Alakachu Take and Run. Tamika and I got a chance to review this film. This has actually been nominated for the Academy Awards for Best Short Film in the Live Adaptation section of the Academy Awards Association. I just want to say welcome to the show. I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk about your film. I really enjoyed it. Um, my question is this uh, for you going right out of the gate here. With you got come up with the concept for this movie, what inspired you to um, make this film? Yeah. Hey, John, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> so um, I made this film um, after a friend of mine was uh, traveling through Kyrgyzstan and he came back and told me about his journey and told me about the topic of bride kidnapping. And I never heard about bride kidnapping before. So Neither. Very, I, I was shocked. And I felt ashamed that I don't know that something like this exists. So I started to research and, and I learned how many women are victims of bright kidnapping. So um, I thought uh, it's not enough to just be upset. I have to do something. And as a filmmaker, of course, um, right. you can say uh, movies are something like my peaceful weapon. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted to make a film about it. So um, let the people know that something like this exists in our world. So um, a long journey for me started because it was a lot of research. I'm, I'm based in Switzerland and it's a film about another culture. So I really had to learn a lot. And um, so I had a really a long time of research and, and starting to make this film and find some money to make it because uh, most of the people said I'm go I'm crazy making a film in, in a country like Kyrgyzstan in a language I don't speak. So. I thought that was really talented though of you to go ahead and make a film that's a language that you don't speak. It's very challenging as, as a filmmaker to do something like that and also too you're bringing something to an audience that doesn't even know that this even exists in other cultures or anything like that too. This is why I like the film so much and why I like foreign films I like learning about other people's cultures, other people's religions and stuff like that on the way they do things. This, this movie shocked me at the way that it's actually brought up and shocking in a good way, in a sense, because it's actually a movie that needs to be told because it needs to be brought up to people's attention. Yes. We heard about human sex trafficking and stuff like that, but we never heard of this kind of situation where you're being kidnapped and being forced into marriage, which is totally different which is yeah. something that I'm actually surprised about, yes, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, me too. So the first thing, um, what was in my head was, how can the girls becoming an age of 15, 16, live with this fear every time when they leave their house, there can come some men and just kidnap them and bring them in, in a complete uh, new family and they have to live with strangers. So I, I thought about the girls becoming 14, 15 and their everyday fear of being kidnapped. So this was in my head at the beginning. How, how can they, they live with this fear? I can imagine because with the character herself, she's stuck in this whole entire cultural world and you can definitely tell they're still alive, like like in like the 1930s for example. I put it at like Sicily back in 1930s where you have the tiny village 
And then that's all she knows. She's isolated from the world of the present day. And she's trying to get her life together, but the parents are just stuck in their ways and their culture to realize that she's trying to better herself so the way they can uh, have a future as well and everything and say, hey, look, look what I've done for you. And then they're like, they don't even want to have it or anything like that. And that was really shocking to me that they're so stuck in their own culture and their own ways of doing things that they will actually shun away their own daughter and everything too. And that's also the same thing with her friend, which is something that I was really shocked as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, bride kidnapping is, uh, illegal by law. It's not allowed, but, uh, the, the culture the tradition is higher than the law. The, so there are a lot of family putting this tradition and what will the neighbors say and the friends say higher than the law. On, and uh, so this is the desire for the girls. They have no place to go. They don't know where they can get some help because um, when the family says, you have to marry this man, you you can't live anywhere so it's really a a hard situation for so many girls i can imagine because you know you're just minding your own business next thing you know you're getting shoved into a car and also too i mean that's that's unbelievable that they would actually choose their own uh, their own traditions over the law even though it goes against the law and just just goes to show you that if you believe in something they're going to go and take it that extra mile to where they can actually have that. And also, too, I also said this, it's even dangerous for the kid, for the son, because you don't know what kind of implications that you're actually putting on the son to actually do this if he didn't come back with uh, a girl, because he could have actually been killed or gone or shunned away from his village. So it's like you're stuck in the middle and you don't know what to do. And like I said, this is a movie that needs to be told, and I'm glad that you told it the way you did. The cinematography is fantastic. Um we were talking about the budget earlier, like how much did it cost to actually make this film? Yeah, so um, we had uh, 290,000 Swiss francs. So it's around about 200 and, and I think, uh, yeah, something like $300,000, okay. I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, but but uh, at the beginning we had no money, so um, we we had to make it like in little steps. So because I want to go to Kyrgyzstan for research, and we were we had only less money, um, and I had a short time, and I did the research. I visited um, marriage ceremonies and um, location scouting, casting. Um, we have to be very fast but because we had a short time in Kyrgyzstan. And after that, we searched for more money, more money. So um, only um, because we get some crowdfunding from, from people who said, okay, make this film, tell those stories, we could finally make it. And so it was a really long process to bring money together from, from different points and a lot of helping hands because... Um, Without this, people who said, okay, here's some money, uh, please make this film. It wasn't right. possible just by by this um, film foundation things. It was not possible to make it with this money, yeah. It's very impressive that you managed to make this kind of film and you were able to travel to 
to the country and film this the way that it needed to be filmed. Because I feel like if you filmed it somewhere around your locations and stuff like that, it would actually be hard to do the things that you wanted to do, especially keeping up with the traditions of the family and then also, too, going into the city lifestyle of that world as well. So you definitely do need to be in that world, in that setting. So, you know, I thought the cinematography was fantastic. I thought the locations were Really, it is actually the the capture within itself, though the world, and also too, like I said, that little village to me tells a story and is a character in its own right, and you are actually able to explain the traditions in a perfect way. And I also like how the main character is um, the mother's teaching her how to make bread, and it's like, well, if you don't know how to make bread, how can you go ahead and marry somebody? Yeah. So they're very shut off from the outside world. And that is something that I thought that was very shocking as well. I'm like, because at first I'm like, okay, is this, at first you don't know if this is actually taking place in modern day or not, because of the fact that this is a tiny village. And once you realize, Oh, okay. So she wants to better herself. So she's going out into the city to see her friend. And there's like, Oh, her friend's not any good, but turns out her friend's okay. She's just trying to help her. uh, she, She also wants to help her friend to better herself as well. So you have two characters that have been pretty much shunned away from their village and the mother goes, it's okay. Uh, let her go on ahead, do whatever she wants. She'll be back. She can't even get a job. And all of a sudden, I like how you did this. It goes from them talking about that, all of a sudden, there goes the help wanted sign at the bakery, which I thought was perfect. It's like, oh yeah? Well, guess what? I'm going to go on ahead and get myself a job now. So, you know, she knows that she can't make it on her own without money or anything like that. So I thought that was a perfect way of actually telling the story well um thank you everything about this film it was perfectly well executed i just want to tell you that thank you so much yeah i wanted to start this film um with a little uh, coming of age subject so it's this girl she has dreams she wants to study she wants to um go from from this little village to a city she wants to be kind of a modern uh, young uh, woman and and want to fight for her dreams and then um it it turns and something happens to her and and at the beginning of the film the the colors are kind of yellow and and red and something like this like a little dreamy and then this stops and the color change the setting change so it's a break from from her life, and uh, we also did this in the visual thing, like the costume and and um, the production design, and all this stuff has different colors after just a little different colors after that moment. Now that you mentioned it, I do remember the color scheme of it at first. It's that bright yellow kind of feel to it, kind of showing like a little bit of innocence, and then her transitioning from her world into a woman basically into the city life. So I can definitely tell the difference between the two of a coming of age story mixed in with a modern day tale of what this woman is trying to do and what she's trying to accomplish. So I kudos for you on that part. Um, So you did say that you went to some of the uh, wedding ceremonies and stuff like that, right? So what was that like? I wonder. Yeah, um, I had some help in in Kyrgyzstan because first of all, it was very difficult to to make this film in a different country, um, in in such a different culture. So I was based in Switzerland, and I need 
needed help. So um, before I traveled uh, to Kyrgyzstan, I, I tried to find some people who can help me, Kyrgyz people who can help me. And um, I found um, a Swiss woman living in Kyrgyzstan, in Bishkek, and it's the capital of, of Kyrgyzstan. And um, this was so much luck because I, I wrote her an email and asked her for help. And she said, okay, sure. And she was so important for us because she speaks Kyrgyz and she knows the Swiss culture. So she, she was always a translator between the Kyrgyz and the Swiss people because not so many Kyrgyz people speak English. So um, it, it was was not so easy and and with her help um i could tell her we need some location we need a casting we need this and that um and she searched in kyrgyzstan for help and for people and for filmmakers and uh, she found a casting director and um, this woman helped us organizing a casting and uh, the location scouting and so we we had these people uh, in Kyrgyzstan, and then she she built a crew. So she found an um, um, a costume, makeup, uh, production design, all these people, and then we can st could started uh, sending some um, pictures via WhatsApp because we couldn't speak the same language. So the they sent some pictures i was like yes or not <laughs> and so we brought some things together that we are well prepared when i arrived in kyrgyzstan for the first time for the research for the location scouting and something like this and um in this time when we did the location scouting she um said okay they're setting a group of men i think she they i think they are going to a wedding, I asked her. And then she was away and talked to them and came back and said, okay, at five o'clock, we can go to this wedding. So this was not a, a kidnapping. Um, okay. It was uh, arranged wedding between the okay. parents. I gotcha. And um, a Kyrgyz wedding is more than one day. It's mostly three days. So um, we had different weddings and different parts of a wedding and different organized weddings. So it was a kind of three different worlds, but there was no kidnap because this was not right. uh, like, uh, oh, you're planning kidnapping. I'll be there. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be really bad. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to attend that. I was like, eh, I think I'm going to go ahead and leave this one. <laughs> but, you know, um, but, you know, well, okay, I'm going to ask you something in one second. Um, my, my fiance wants to ask you this. Um, does, do you mind me asking, what is your nationality? Because you have beautiful eyes. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I'm from Germany and living in Switzerland. So I'm a Europe, Swiss German girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here's another thing I wanted that I find very interesting with this. So a traditional wedding is basically the kind of the same as our weddings over here in the States, right? Or is it completely different whenever you look at uh, the way they do things in their tradition? It's very different because they have so many traditions we don't know. 
So um, we were on a, a ceremony and there were really actors making something like a, um, an old traditional, it's kind of a theater um, with, with uh, this costume and dance and it's, it's really different. And um, the most important thing is the girl is giving to the new family. So um, there's a lot of things happening between this mother-in-law and um, a bride, uh, like, like the scarf. They put on a scarf on a girl, and when she takes it, she accepts the marriage and is in the new family. So um, there are a lot of things like that, but they have their own things in different parts of the country. So um, it was for me, it was really interesting to see that because uh, we, we, they are very friendly. They have open arms and show us their world, the Kyrgyz people. So I felt very welcome. And I was on this wedding on this moment and, and there were a lot of food and yeah, and welcome and be with <laughs> us. And then, so, oh, you have the honor to be with us when we kill the horse for for food and i was like oh oh and this is an honor for me i cannot say oh no i don't want to see that so i was like oh my god so um and this was a a real traditional thing you you um pray for the horse and something and then you do a cup the cut it and I was like okay okay I don't want to see it but I have to be there because I want to respect this tradition and this culture so um there were a lot of things I I have to jump over my personal borders and and, uh, learn a lot of things and it was really interesting but not so easy for me (laughs) I can imagine though having to witness I someone killing a horse as a tradition and what does that represent though what is um what does that mean whenever they do that it's for food uh, because there okay, are a lot food. of guests on the on this wedding and uh, many days and they really they eat everything when they kill an animal they eat everything and the family with less money they just kill a sheep or something and when you have more money because it's expensive you kill a horse or a cow or something and this family had a horse and a cow and when i was there uh, they killed the horse and so they had food for a long time and for all the guests on this wedding because it's kind of an open door it's the bride is sitting behind the curtain and the guests are just coming coming and kind of looking at the bride at the new uh woman in in the family and um for that the the family is prepared with a lot of food because days of three days or maybe a little more people are just coming and they get food and drink tea and see the bride so they need a lot of food for that oh wow i can imagine how challenging that was to actually have to witness that because it's like okay i'm attending this wedding and everything everything's going good now we're going to kill a horse i'm like i'll be like what (laughs) um 
let me see what else I have. <laughs> I think I have to go. But uh, but here's the thing, though. As a director, you have to put yourself in a chal- challenging spot where it's like, I have to do this to make my movie because my movie is my baby. And also, too, to make a film, it takes a village to make a film. And also, too, it takes a village to make uh, have your actors and stuff like that, too. So I understand where you're coming from with staying there. And I, I give you props for staying because most, most people will probably just wind up leaving. But that's very interesting, though, that they do that and everything, and they have food for that. And, of course, we also see uh, an animal getting uh, taken from the main character. That's all she had that resembles her past. Yeah. And then here they are. They go on and kill that animal and everything as a sacrifice to for them to eat. Yeah. That's what I took it as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Um, it was so important for me that um, she has this one friend, uh, this is the goat or the sheep, and, um, and, and the family killed them for food. So it was important for me to bring, the, bring her in this situation because um, this is how it's going. Um, the, the people are poor in Kyrgyzstan. You don't have... Uh, uh, what you cannot put the I don't know how you say it, the the hand on and there comes some water. You right. have to bring the water from a sea or lake from uh, wherever right. there's water. Because they don't have a faucet or anything like yeah, that. They yeah, actually right. have to bring it. Yeah, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, and and um, we we sometimes we had no electricity on the set and something like this, so we had to prepare a lot of things for making this film because we had 13 shooting days and um, I came to the producer and said, okay, and we had, we must have a sheep or a goat. And this is I, what I wrote in the script. And she was like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and then um, our, our uh, product designer, he was on the market for animals and he sent me WhatsApp uh, pictures from different sheep and goats and I was like I want this one and he brought it to me and the Kyrgyz people after after we we should it said we have to kill this sheep or goat because of course we didn't kill it in the film right, right, and, right. Um, we have to kill it because it brings bad luck if we don't do that and I was like um for who it's bad luck and they said for the sheep and I was like, "But what <laughs> is?" When we it's like, sheep, "Wait, what?" <laughs> more bad luck uh, as getting killed. She will never have. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that, that's that's crazy though, because it's like, wait, you're st- so we're killing an animal so we won't have bad luck. But to me, I think that's bad. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I just want to say that scene right there was shocking and really realistic and everything with the way that you shot that and everything. Of course, I know you, you know, like you said before, you didn't actually kill the animal or anything like that, but the way it was shot, the way it was done, it was shocking. And my mouth was hung open. I'm like, Ooh, this is really deep and everything because I'm like, I feel bad for the character because of the fact that's all she had to resemble her past. Yeah, and it right. felt like that she had a sense of wholeness now because she's coming to terms with her husband a little bit, but at the same, and then after, then that winds up being like the final straw. She's like, "No, I can't do this like I thought I could." 
So I'm going to go on ahead and try and find a way to leave. Also, too, the grandmother in this movie at first, you know, uh, which is also the mother-in-law of or the grandmother of the son that's getting married. Yes. And, you know, she winds up being the strong one for her in a sense. Oh, pretty soon you have tears right now. But then later on, you'll have tears of joy. I'm like, what? And then, then the grand, then she winds up finding out this is not going to be the life that she wants. So she yeah. tries to help her the best way she can possibly can without the family knowing. So I like how the grandmother or the mother, um, you know, what I'm talking about, goes from a transformation of her traditions and then ignores her traditions to save somebody else and does a and does a selfless act. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Um, I had the idea um, of this character because I learned by uh, when I did the research, I learned that um, kidnapped women also bring their son, like um, to to be a kidnapper. So they say them bring a woman in this house. I need help in the household or something bring a woman and many older kidnapped women are saying okay I survived it yes it was bad but I did it yeah I my life is okay so it's kind of okay for them when the young girls have the same fate and um, I, I wrote about it and I thought it's interesting because this is a circle from uh, Woman topic. This brings a woman, a kidnapped woman in a family, um, and when when their children are older, suddenly it's okay to kidnap another girl, and and this this girl comes to the family, and and uh, I I I thought about it for a long time. Why is it like um, from a victim? To, to to bring this tradition in a new uh, generation. So it was very important to me to bring this on this woman circle and not just say, oh, this is a bad guy and, and the men are evil and they uh, drink alcohol or something like this. I want to show that this circle of kidnapping um, uh, there are a lot of victims, of course, the girls, but also the boys, because um, he wanted uh, to marry another girl. So um, um, they, he had no choice either. So, um, yeah, it was important to me to to bring this different generations of women in this film. Right, because that's another thing I mentioned on the review that I did. Like you can feel ba- you can feel bad for the woman character, but also too you have to feel a little bit of sympathy for the man the men that are doing this because they're caught up in the middle of this. It's like, well, damn if I do and damn if I don't. If I don't if I don't bring back um, a woman, what, what's going to happen to me if yes, I don't right. kidnap this woman? Yeah. And therefore, he's stuck in this situation too. And it's like, okay. And really, what I was hoping for maybe the both of them coming together and escaping together to get away from the traditions of the family and stuff. Yeah. But he's so wrapped up in the tradition as well to the point where it's like, he's willing to do anything for his family to please his family. 
And it's hard to actually come to grips with that because you're trying to do what, according to them, is right. But at the same time, you're also fighting your own self-consciousness and trying to do something noble for somebody else. And it's hard to balance that when you have so much stuff going on. And, you know, you really feel deep for the men as well. And I didn't feel like that you did that where it's like all men are douchebags and stuff like that. They're drunks and also to womanizers and stuff like that either. You have a man that who's stuck in the traditions, into the ways of this tradition, and is getting in the way of everything else. And that's exactly how I felt. Because I even told Tamika this. I said, you can feel sympathy for the main character, but you can also feel sympathy as well for the man, because that's all he knows and everything, too, because that's the tradition that his family has carried on from day one since he was born. So that's all he knows as well. So it goes for both sides of the the spectrum. Right, yeah. There are a lot of victims in this tradition, you can say. So there's also the victim of uh, the friend, Aksana, the friend of her. She escaped, but uh, she's also a victim of the tradition because her family breaks up with her. Uh, Her mother is a victim because um, everybody is uh, laughing at her and and talking about her in this village. So um, the border between mother and daughter is broken because um, the daughter wanted to to be a part of this tradition. So there are a lot of victims in this tradition. So you see this is a huge thing that cannot just be stopped from one to another moment because this is our girls and women they grew up knowing that they can't make an own decision or a decision without um, asking a man for example so there's a lot of things to do that you can stop something like this tradition of bride kidnapping because there are so many people involved in this and and uh, the people are um, talking about other families and this is important because um, in, in these areas where the people are poor or you, you have to get help from your neighbors or something, because something is broken, something one has Yeah, foundation is broken, right? Right. So uh, you need an an community to get help from other people because you're living in a, in a way far. You're living way far from a bigger city or something. You need someone who has a car, and you you have to be part in a community. And it's not so good for the people when when the people turn turn around and say, I don't want to talk with you anymore. So um, it's, it's very difficult because it's um, a huge thing, a huge theme for all the people, uh, not only for the girls, because... Um, uh, the the mother want to be a good mother and they want that the people know she did a good job by by teaching her daughter to be a good wife, for example. Right, because the mother wants what's best for her daughter, but also, too, it's in the wrong kind of way, even though they see it as right. And, you know, I like characters who think that they're the best, that they want the best for somebody, but really it's actually the ones where it's not right at all. They wind up becoming the villain themselves. 
everything versus helping somebody, even though that's not the story that you're telling. But the ones that, who think that they're doing something right is actually doing something wrong. And because of the fact that they believe in something, that makes them that much more dangerous. Yeah, right. And everything, too, because you're doing something that is actually not allowing your daughter or son to trust anybody or anything mm-hmm. like that because of your traditions. Yeah. And the traumatization of being kidnapped and also the traumatization of pressuring somebody into kidnapping someone for marriage for the sake of the family, that is really impactful and very traumatizing as well on that end too because of the, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And my other thing is this too. I know that you said that there was no power in some of the, uh, you know, when you were filming, was that, I bet that was challenging though. I bet you had to go through a lot of batteries and charge things up before even getting into that. But how did you manage to do that without the power? Was it just switching up the batteries of your cameras and stuff like that? Or what was the process of that like? Yeah, we organized two, um, just say generators. So they made the power when, when the power was gone. So we had two of this because uh, we knew this happens all the time. So, um, um yeah we had to be careful and we had two generators so um we we bring them on and our uh, sound engineer was uh, like no 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 it's too loud but so we can fix the problem and um yeah we we knew what we did because we had some time in Kyrgyzstan before the first shooting day so i was there two or three weeks before we um, started shooting and we try to prepare all this situation. So um, there was a, a lot of things the whole crew uh, had to, to prepare and, and think about. And the other thing was um, in Switzerland, when, when um, you say, okay, we start shooting at eight or something and the bus will come at seven and pick you all up at seven the people are ready and standing there and waiting for the bus in Kyrgyzstan (laughs) when you say okay come at seven and pick the crew up yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like it it takes a long time for them to get there or is it just like they're not set up and ready to go Seven oh seven fifty is also seven. So um, the first days, uh, our our person, her name was Nadine. She she was this Swiss uh, woman living in in Bishkek, and she knew the difference between Swiss people and Kyrgyz people. And and she knew when you say a Swiss person be there at seven, she will be there at seven. And when you say a Kyrgyz person be there at seven. It could be eight or nine. So <laughs> she took a lot of time uh, to preparing the Kyrgyz uh, crew to tell them, okay, these are Swiss people. And when there is uh, seven o'clock, you have to be there at seven o'clock, <laughs> not five uh, minutes later, seven o'clock. And on the first shooting day, um, the driver came 15 minutes later, but 
uh, never again. It was just a problem of the first shooting day. <laughs> I guess I belong in Swiss though too, because I'm actually precise on certain things though as well. <laughs> because I don't like to be uh, more than uh, five or ten minutes later up for something. It has to be precise right on the dot for me though too. So I can definitely, um, I, I I can definitely relate. I'm definitely on that as well. Oh man, um, but. Here's another thing, though, too. How long did it take for you to shoot the film and everything, too? Even though this is only a short film, there's a lot of detail within the short films, which is why I like short films, because you can put a lot of details within 30 minutes of the film or 10 minutes in the film. So how long did it take in the editing process? So um, I, I started my research on, on uh, 2000, 2016. I did uh, two years research and I traveled the first time to Kyrgyzstan in 2018. Um, I, I wrote uh, the script and everything. We shoot it in um, August, September 2019 and we had 13 shooting days. And uh, this was not so much. We had to hurry up. And uh, we came back and edited the film. And uh, this was also an experience because the editor and myself, we don't speak Kyrgyz, but we had this Kyrgyz material. And uh, we finished the film in August 2020. So all around was um, uh, working on this film was for four years and now um this this run uh, with festivals and now this oscar shortlist is uh, another year so i'm i'm having this project this film in my heart since uh, 2016 and now it's 2022 <laughs> and um yeah the the process of shooting was just yeah, one month in Kyrgyzstan, a little bit more than a month in Kyrgyzstan, and uh, 13 days of shooting, was it? Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting, and I'm happy that this film is actually on the uh, the shortlist to actually get nominated and everything for an Oscar. You definitely deserve that, and so does the rest of the cast and crew. The cast and crew, I can tell, did a fantastic job on doing the things that they need to do and get things done in a timely manner. Um, that's amazing from 2016 all the way until now. Yeah. And especially during a pandemic and everything, oh, yeah. too. I bet that was also another challenge, though, too, is trying to figure out a way to film and also to keep everything within the time range that you want to finish it. And then, of course, put it into the festival because of the fact that, yeah, we're still in the pandemic. We're still in the midst of COVID, unfortunately. But trying to keep people six feet apart and also, too, trying to film is also a tough thing, though, too. Uh, yes. Was that another challenge for you, though, as well, trying to figure out how to do that? Yeah, it, it broke my heart because um, we had no problems while shooting this film. It was before the pandemic started. Okay. And uh, then in the editing process, it started with this COVID thing. We didn't know what is it, how long will it take? And um, when we finished the color grading, suddenly there was a lockdown. So the whole um, music and sound um, process was like, okay, how can we do that? And they sent me files 
to my laptop. So I, I usually go to the studio and be with the people and suddenly it's just my laptop and, and I get some um, files from the sound designer and some files from the musician. And I'm, I have just my laptop. I bought some professional headphones and, and, and try to, to uh, make this, but I had no studio. I had just my computer. And um, so this was difficult, but I thought, okay, maybe it's over in some months or something. And uh, then we finished this film and um, yeah, it was like lockdown, nothing happened. The, the cinemas are closed. The festivals, the film festival didn't know what to do in the first weeks, month, for sure. Um, so, okay, some said, no, we will wait this year, we'll be, be there again next year. Some said, okay, we try it online, how will that work? So, um, it was a kind of, um, yeah, frustrating because I worked so hard, so hard on this film. It was so important for me bringing this fates of this woman out in the world and and it was it felt like everything stopped you have no chance as a filmmaker to show your film to an audience so um then we had this 38 minutes it's not so easy because it's not 20 minutes it's 38 minutes and right. then we had the first festival it was Rhode Island and I was I was so happy about this moment because finally I could show this film to an audience and I didn't now know how how do they find it do they like it or not I didn't have this experience sitting in the audience and hearing this tiny uh, noise thing <laughs> when, right, when you say ah you he laughed yes and and we we won at the um Rhode Island we won the first prize and the first time uh, we showed this film and this was so important for me because um as i said i had to climb over my personal borders because of course i was afraid that i i cannot make a film in another country not speaking this language not growing up in this culture of course i was afraid i can't make it and and suddenly it was like okay it's going on there's something happening of course i have no audience audience experience so i'm just at home on my computer but um the festival started to show this film and this was so important to me because um this is why i did it of course and so um right. Um, and, and of course, the 38 minutes are not so easy to, to bring to the festivals because I understand they can show th three other films in this time. And um, yeah, and suddenly this Oscar race started. And, and I'm so happy and grateful that I'm on, on this situation because we are now so much more people so it all started with this idea bringing this topic out to the world and now women are helping me to 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 bring this film out talk about it some some schools are using this film 
for their um, for for the kids uh, telling about this topic and and learning how it's yeah how you should trade women and uh, this is amazing for me so this is why I, like I did it. it yeah I like how impactful it is it's very impactful to be honest with you to know that it has that much legs to where it's now being able to be amplified through teaching and allowing people to know what's going on in other countries, traditions, and also to allowing everybody to know, hey, look, there's other things besides sex trafficking. There's also now marriage trafficking. That's what I call call it as marriage trafficking. But, yeah. you know, um, it's very scary in that culture and that whole entire, you know, tradition. And everything, and we can get so caught up in our own traditions that we ignore um, everything else. Right. And I mean, we can actually, with our own traditions and stuff like that, we can actually feel like the parents do in pressuring yeah. people as well. That can also be another relatable thing as well. So you can use certain elements in this thing to even represent yourself, or you can go on ahead. And look at how you, how we as humans look at stuff differently yeah. now, and how to treat others differently as well within other cultures. So that's something that I really like is when a movie can impact me in different ways and has different layers to a film to make me think of other things outside of the film element, which I think that you've done. You told the story that you needed to tell. You did a fantastic job with that, and you were careful with the way you did it. Uh, and everything too, and putting the characters exactly where they need to be and tell the story that you need to tell. Um, there was also something else though, too. There's no backlash with the way you did anything or anything like that, right? Everything, they were very welcoming. They were able to explain certain tra the traditions with you in the way that it needs to be told, right? There was nothing uh, really bad that was going on within the film. Yeah. On the locations. Yeah, we we um, prepared that a uh, little bit. So when we traveled um, to Kyrgyzstan and we had some equipment with us, uh, of course, when the people ask or the the security people ask, uh, what is it? We said, yeah, we're making um, a travel documentary about your beautiful country. So <laughs> we didn't have something about, yeah, it's a film about your tradition of right kidnapping. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I could say, uh, no, that's not going to happen. I could just see it. Like, so um, we were very quiet, quiet about that, and uh, of course um, we had our crew. Um, and and for example, at the casting, I always ask. Uh, we do a film about bride kidnapping. It's called Alakachu is the Kyrgyz name. Uh, we do this film about Alakachu. Um, it's critical. Are you okay with that? And so uh, I always ask this question because. I don't want to be the European girl coming to another country and tell them how to do it. So um, right. it was very important important for me to be respectful and honor their things in their country. And um, so I, I found um, a crew and cast who wanted to change something. The, the cast, um, some of the actors are kidnapped, two or three actors are kidnapped themselves. So they know what happened to them or the other know okay, what Okay, so happened. they're survivors. Okay. Yeah, right. 
and all of them of, of course it happens so often it's it's kind of normal that everyone knows how it is to be kidnapped or know someone or the friend or the cousin or anyone and they have their own experience and their real experience so we become this team of um having this mission and and um have this common goal and and uh, this was very um important for me that the whole crew was in this okay we can change something we can make something so they helped me understanding the tradition they helped me a lot especially the the cast always said to me okay it's like this or that and we found this um this common language together from this film so um and um, uh, yeah, I was a little bit afraid by shooting this uh, kidnapping scene because I knew she had to scream and it will be loud. And, and uh, we were okay, what's when the police will come? But nobody really cared because of course girls were kidnapped in this country. It's like, so it's what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we had no, no, really no problems. And we said um, there's kind of uh, social media stuff. Um, we all uh, we only post things when we are not on this place anymore because we had some different locations. We were in Bishkek in the city. We were in Kochkor in this village and something like this. So it was forbidden for the whole crew to tag very very are at the moment so you can post everything but two weeks later for example so okay this this small rules we had and um of course in in europe or in the us when you want to shoot anywhere you have to get a contract and, and ask for and... that yeah yeah right as for that and um we asked the Kyrgyz people should we do that and they said no 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 when they know they know you're shooting they are coming so don't do that pay when they come <laughs> so oh, cool. it's, okay. yeah so it's we totally had no different. problem yeah really yeah wow that is so interesting maria i'm just gonna tell you this i enjoyed your film i'm glad that it's doing well i'm hoping that you guys win the oscar and bring that bring that back over to your country and everything so the way everyone can celebrate it and everything you have accomplished something that i don't think has been told and needs to be told and bring it to people's attentions and also to having people teach uh what's going on in other countries is also very important and very vital so that's gonna be it as far as everything go for this interview goes though but thank you so much for sharing the behind the scenes stuff and doing everything it means so much to me that you took the time out of your day to talk about your film um, on your social medias and everything. Can people, where can people follow you at and all that, all that stuff? Yeah. Um, uh, Instagram it's Alakachu the film. Um, you can find me on um, it's, um, myself on Instagram. It's Maria Brendel. It's friend. Uh, written friendly uh facebook um twitter a little bit <laughs> so okay. uh, you can google me or find me on instagram or something so we try to be 
interesting and updated and where you can watch the film and what's happening. So we'll be there. And I try to write everyone back because I get, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I get a lot of messages from people who watch the film and think about it and have questions or something. I'm so grateful for that because most of the time I have no chance to, to have a per personal experience with an audience. So this is amazing. And I want to really yeah. thank everyone who wrote me. So, yeah, thank you for giving me this uh, time talking about this film. Oh, you're um, very welcome. I, I enjoyed it so much. Thank you very much. You're very welcome anytime. And, you know, anytime that you want to be on, if you don't have anything to promote or anything like that, Let's keep in touch. Uh, we'll do a show or something and stuff like that, too. I like to collaborate with uh, other filmmakers and, and also indie uh, actors and actresses as well with movie reviews or movie news and stuff like that. So you're all okay. welcome on the show anytime. So thank you. Anytime so you want to, you're very welcome anytime. So if anybody wants to follow me, all you have to do is go to Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Loves Unite on there. Of course, on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Loves Unite and underneath the same brand name on Pinterest as well. If you want to get an audio-only podcast or episode of many episodes that we do here, you guys can also get that where you guys get your major podcast at. Also, too, I also teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast. That's where Tamika's um, podcast is. And if you want to, go ahead, donate $5 to $10 to, uh, to her podcast. Matter of fact, we actually teamed up with uh, Children's of St. Jude's Hospital, so all proceeds go over to the Children's of St. Jude's Hospital for cancer, for cancer and stuff like that. So get yourself a Cincy. Donate five to ten dollars and get yourself a sensei. All proceeds go over to the Children's Hospital. Then, if you want to donate to me, you guys don't have to, but if you do want to show us some love here at Movie Lovers Night, all you have to do is gofundme.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. That's just to go ahead and keep the lights on here at Movie Lovers Night. But if you can't, that's totally fine. Just clicking that like button, clicking that share button, also to the notifications on the bottom right hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something going on. Click that little bell, smash that bell on the right hand corner. Also, do comment below is also another thing too to help people find us. Rate us on Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social media for for us. Though as podcasters, if you're into podcasts and stuff like that, rate us. You can rate individual episodes, and you can also go on ahead and comment on each individual episode as well, and we'll reply back to you. And then, of course, go ahead rate us on Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts. That's another way for people to find us. I do some uh, videos from time to time and some PR stuff for TikTok. So just go ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit Zero. And then, of course, on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit. And then if you want to reach out to me, just go ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere you can find me at. Thank you so much, Maria. It's been great and a pleasure to have you. And it's an honor to have you. I can't wait to have you back here again, hopefully holding up an Oscar trophy right in front of me. So thank you I so much. You're very welcome. And always up to the next time, everyone. Have a blessed and safe day and have a great day. Bye-bye.